Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JTandTheDon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don Donato Bucci. And remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you find all of your other favorite podcasts. We have a great guest on the show today for our, our annual NFL preview show. He's a college standout and has been with multiple NFL teams. But before we intro him, let me welcome in everyone's favorite, JT, Jimmy Thompson. Are you ready for this year's show? Yes, I'm ready to hear as less of you as possible and as most much of the guests as I can. See, same. <laughs> always, always Jimmy got to take cheap shots at me. It's JT. not a cheap shot. I, I'm it telling is. you, the, count, the countdown has begun until you're going to start being real mean to me. So I'm just doing it first. I give you two topics before you start, for, before the roof goes off. That's well, it. all right. Well, I know, JT, you're everyone's favorite, but I got a feeling our listeners are going to love our guest today. He was a college standout on the offensive line at the University of Cincinnati and has been on the roster of NFL teams, including the Texans, Falcons, and the Washington football team. Kendall Calhoun, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Just get ready to watch some uh, football. Absolutely. Absolutely, and that's exactly why we got you on the show. We're going to be talking about the NFL, getting ready for the NFL season. We've got a lot to get to. Um, And, Kendall, I'm not sure if our people spoke to your people about this, but you're on the show today as our NFL expert. So let's have some fun and uh, let's make some predictions as well. (laughs) Let's get to it. (laughs) JT, you ready? Yeah. All right, let's, let's go. Let's do this. So let's open up, guys, with just a general question. Uh, as every year, there are always some major storylines and hot topics going into the new season. So, uh, Kendall, let me start with you as our uh, guest. Which one storyline this season are you most interested in uh, looking for? Um, for me, actually, I'm looking to see how the league um, does with like the protests and everything going on and seeing how they're going to implement different things in game day in the locker room and the environment around the fans and the players and everyone involved. Because you know how NBA, they had like Black Lives Matter and things on the court and different things like that. And, and you know, the NFL, like they make tourists for, you know what I'm saying, not being the not say like the best of letting the parent letting the players, you know what I'm saying, express themselves, but as much as the NBA, because you know in the NBA, if LeBron says like something's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. So sure. yeah. <laughs> the NFL doesn't have like that definite player that like speaks like it's his league. I mean, probably leaning more towards like Tom Brady would be that person, but <clears throat> I'm just eager to see how it works, you know. Cause there's definitely a lot of players that like really outspoken on that topic and very passionate about it so we'll see yeah that's that's a a great point one of definitely the most interesting storylines that'll probably play throughout the season as well not just opening weekend but throughout the season um Jimmy T or JT what do you think 
I, he's changing up my name already. I know, I Jimmy T. What can I say? It goes, it flows off the tongue. What can I say? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Kendall's one hundred percent right. He took the words right out of my mouth. So we'll definitely get into that a little bit later. But I mean, can we just safely say that the protest that is the biggest storyline? So like his answer is one hundred percent correct. So we'll see how that goes. So I figured that would probably be something that would be said. And then I'm just going to give just two smaller storylines besides that one. You always, Kendall, sorry, I got to stop JT. Hold on, time out, time out. Kendall, you're going to get used to this. Before you get on me, if you only, if you have more than one answer on your paper, I don't want to hear anything you have to say. I had two. (laughs) I only got one, but see, Kendall only only gave one. He only gave one, see? I had two. Go ahead. We want to hear the second one now because I know he got two as well. Oh, my second one was going to be the front office of the Jags. Like, they just throwing everybody out. I want to see what's going on there. Are they trading up for somebody or I don't know what's going on. They going to be number one. (laughs) I I think that's what they're shooting for. But they're trying to get the boy from Clemson. um, Trevor Lawrence, yeah. Trevor Trevor Lawrence. That's why I think – yeah, I think that's what they're getting ready for. They haven't had like a solid, solid quarterback part since Bortles was like back when he was hot, like back in the day. All right. So I can I can go with yeah. those. Um, I'm gonna go. I got two. Donato, I know you got more than one, so I don't want to hear it. Um, <laughs> I'm going with. Is this going to be the end of the Steelers era? Because I feel like this is the last run with Big Ben and. If this is it for Big Ben, you guys don't have really anything behind them as far as quarterbacks. It's Duck and Mason Rudolph. So you guys will be going back into the draft if this is, in fact, the cliff that Ben falls off. So I think that's a storyline that I want to see how it develops. Also, I don't know why people aren't talking about this enough, but I want to see the like the in-season battle between Drew Brees and Tom Brady because they're both chasing that like single – like regular season, like career touchdown. Cause I think what Breeze is at 547 and Brady's at 541. They go at each other twice this year. So I just think that those two games are going to be top five overall. So I just want to see how those two trying to battle for history ups their games this year, because basically every touchdown they throw counts against the other guy and they're both older. So I think that's an interesting storyline that I want to see how it develops throughout the year. You know what? In the spirit of the show, since everyone's got two topics or Did two storylines. Did you have two I'm, down? That's I'm going to go with two. It doesn't matter. I, I was only going to go with the one, but since everyone's doing two, let me do two. Kendall, you I hear think, the witness. You see how it is. I, yeah. I think. I see now. Kendall, you're supposed to be on my side, Kendall. So, hey. <laughs> so I think one of the biggest storylines is New England without Tom Brady and Tom Brady without Belichick. How does that who kind of gets the best without the other person? Because you've got fans who think it's been more Brady than Belichick. And then you have other fans and people who think it's been more Belichick without Brady. And yeah, it might only be one season, but if Belichick goes further and gets to a Super Bowl and Brady doesn't make the playoffs, I think a lot of people are going to say, look, Belichick can do it without Brady. Brady with all these offensive weapons can't do it without Belichick. So I think this is going to be the Kobe Shaq. How does Kobe yeah. do without Shaq? The Montana Rice. Can Montana win without Rice when he went to Kansas City? So I'm really excited to see how New England does and as if and if this is the beginning of the end for New England because no Tom Brady. And then real quick, the other one is um, 
how no preseason games will affect the regular season. And maybe Kendall can, can attest to this obviously more than JT or myself, but could this change how the NFL does business in the future? Because if there's less injuries and football is still at a high level early on and GMs are not complaining about the lack of opportunity to see young guys, maybe it does get, maybe the NFL PA can fight for, Hey, only two uh, preseason games. And, you know, I, I think it's kind of interesting that maybe this could be a change for the NFL, depending on how the season starts off, I guess. And if there's less injuries, maybe. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, because, I for mean, sure. if, like you said, if they get the ball rolling with, with no preseason games. But I just, I just feel bad for, like, the undrafted guys every year because the preseason is really their chance to make the team. Right. I mean, Kendall, you correct me if I'm wrong, because, I mean, yeah. when you're on draft, I mean, the reps are limited in camp anyway where, you know, you can impress people and, you know, show up on film. I feel like I wouldn't want the preseason to go away completely because I still want those guys to get a shot because a lot of those guys can play. They end up being, you know, stars in the league. They can make it. So you would hate to miss those gems. Yeah, for sure. But the preseason, you know, like you said, like JT said, it um, gives a lot of uh, younger guys opportunity to prove themselves. And it's also good because – on all of our iPads and things, we see every single preseason game and they send it out. So every single coach sees every single preseason game. So you can get cut from your team and get picked up by somebody else and they watch you play in the preseason game. Mm. So it's bigger than just like, you know what I'm saying, just your coaches looking at you. I'm saying like every coach in the league is going to look at like all those games. Like they have somebody in their front office looking at every single game, like scouting per position and ranking guys and seeing where they could fit in. So. So, yeah, that's the like that hurt a lot of the younger guys for sure because they didn't have the game chance. Kendall, let me ask you this since you've kind of been in that position of NFL preseason games and going through training camp, do you think if they limited the amount of preseason games from four and some teams at five right now, if they're playing in the Hall of Fame game in certain yeah, years, early, if, it, yeah. if it goes down to two, do you think as a young player who's maybe only been around a year or two or an undrafted rookie or even a rookie that gets taken in the seventh round, do you think two preseason games is still enough for that player to make an impact and also catch the eyes of coaches? I feel like with those two, just if we just did two preseason games, I feel like the coaches would do a lot of scrimmaging, offense versus defense, just to see like really competitive periods, just to see how they react in situations. But as far as other teams seeing that player, I feel like their chances go down um, basically in half because you only have two games. And if you injure one game, you know what I'm saying? You just have one opportunity. Right. Or in those you, four games, like it's right. I'm saying that's four opportunities that you right. have. So. Or if you don't get enough playing time in one game, uh, you only got one game left to really make an impact. I got you. Yeah, for sure. In most preseason games, they have the starters play by like the first series or first quarter. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they play two or three quarters. So it's I'm saying you having a very limited time. Right. Especially if you're not like a first four round pick, like it's gonna be hard for you to get a lot of time in the preseason game. Gotcha. All right. Like I heard on Hard Knocks today. Hey, man, you gotta you gotta show up on tape. That's how the, that's how they gotta show up in practice, man. Show up on that's tape, sure. and that's good. Good point you made about you know all the teams having access to the iPads. That's something I didn't know, but it makes yeah. sense why like people Everybody. try to like, you know stash people in, on their rosters and stuff so other teams can't come get them. Yeah, people do it all the time. Like they don't let people play in the preseason so they can keep them on their team. 
That's crazy. So it's always happening. All right. So let's uh, let's take a little bit of a serious note, guys. So Kendall already kind of alluded to this. Uh, one of the biggest storylines of the upcoming NFL season is obviously going to be, you know, uh, the possibility of protests and players missing games. So um, we saw as recent as, you know, past couple weeks, sports leagues across North America either protested, shut some form of a game down, or in the NBA's case, they missed an entire game uh, due to protesting of social justice issues. Uh uh, Saquon Barkley, I know the New York Giants, he spoke on the Jacob Blake situation and hinted at some of the Giants players possibly missing games this season due to protests. And others have not ruled out that possibility as well. So, guys, what I want to know from you is, do you think that we'll see NFL teams boycotting a game or an entire week at some point this season? If so, why? And if not, why? Kendall, I'll kick it off to you. Okay. Um, I really... I don't think they will cancel. I don't think they'll boycott any games unless, you know, things just get out of control. You know what I'm saying with the protests, you know what I'm saying like voices aren't being heard. But I feel like yeah, I just don't think they would really like boycott a game. But um I think that a lot of players will still be really supportive of the movement. You know, Houston, Kenny Steels, he got arrested when he was in Louisville while he was protesting for Breonna Taylor's justice. So there's a lot of, like I said earlier, there's a lot of guys that are real passionate about it. But also I wouldn't be surprised if some guys like sat out with some games, especially like Breonna Taylor's case, you know what I'm saying? It's starting to get in the later stages. If they come out with a verdict, you know, that's going to be hectic, not just for sports, but in, the country as a whole like in all aspects so i don't see them really like full teams boycotting games but you know anything's in there yeah it's it's a great question and it, it's tough to to answer but i think from a team or a game perspective i just I don't think so like i, I don't think they'll boycott or miss a game like like kendall said um i think there's a couple reasons why, because rosters are bigger in the NFL than in baseball or basketball or hockey. So I think it's more challenging to get all of the players and the whole team on the same page. And there's a couple reasons for that. One, there's less games. So technically each game is very important as well as each paycheck to each player is very important because unless the NFL is willing to reschedule that game, you would lose it and you would lose that game check. So, and in addition, that would mean if, if they're rescheduling a boycotted game, they're moving the Super Bowl back. And that's not easy all the time logistically. But I think the biggest reason, JT, is each game check, like I mentioned, is so important. So like Julio Jones, Saquon Barkley, they'd probably be okay. Guy, you know, Christian McCaffrey, they'd be okay because Guys they guarantee money. Yeah. And it's a huge contract. So if they're getting 16 million a year, let's say that's 1 million each game, each game check, they're still making 15 million. But if you're the guy making 750,000 or a million, now each game check is very important. You may have already, you know, budgeted that amount out. And it's not to say it's not worth the cause, but I think you've got to look at each individual player. And that's what I'm saying. You have a roster of 53, 54 guys that some guys are not going to be able to just boycott a whole week and not receive a paycheck. And again, it's not because they don't think it's the cause is worthy enough. It's just, they're in such a tough situation that they need that, that, uh, that game check. And 
I think that might be now, like Kendall said, if things get way worse, I could, you could, you can see that happening um, as well as maybe they do boycott a practice, but as far as a whole week or like an actual game, I'm going to say no, but it's not out of the the question. Yeah, I'd say like that they could boycott a week, but it has to be every team in the league that did at the same time. It couldn't be like one or two. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the other tough tough part of it. Now you've got 32 teams times 53 guys. It's it's tough. Not to say it's not possible, but I I agree with Ken. It's it's tough. Everybody would have to be on the same page. I would say I just honestly I don't know how to answer this question and it's not because I don't think that people want to protest and you guys make great points I think the main two main things one you don't you don't know what the state of you know the country will be in by the time the NFL kicks off so we don't know something else could happen that's you know continuing what we've seen for 2020 or you know something worse could happen and then, you know, you just never know all bets are off at then, you know, let's say during the season, there's, you know, three or four more incidents where videos come out of, you know, police brutality against, you know, minorities. You just never know what kind of stance, you know, the league itself will take. And, you know, that is always like the wild card factor that you got to throw in there. We just don't know what's going to happen. But you can you guys can help me answer this. There's two two things within the game of football that I'm not sure about. And that's why I couldn't answer this question. One, I internally i see that there's going to be a struggle to boycott a game because essentially Donato, you made a great, great point there's less games so that means every game matters so it's going to be very hard for let's say the kansas city chiefs who have super bowl aspirations to say we're just automatically going to set out this game does that game count as a forfeit do they reschedule it do you get a loss so i think when you miss a game they have because I'm assuming the other team is going to not be playing either. So they need to decide when that game is missed by a team saying they're going to sit out, what what's going to happen after that? How's it going to be rescheduled? Because I think right. that's going to affect what teams do. Also, I think what will also play into what happens with boycotting games is just how people respond to kneeling. Because I think that yeah, we sure. know that's going to happen. People have already said they're going to do it. Coaches already said, you know, we're okay with this. We're with our players. I'm betting the first two or three weeks, everybody in the NFL, coaches, special teams, coach, players, everybody going to be kneeling. So once that happens, how do the fans react? How does social media react? How does, you know, just like media react? So I think those two things will determine truly if people or teams miss games. Like you said, Kendall, it's very hard for the team to do it. But to me, I think the best way, if you do want to protest this season by missing games and really making your voice heard is, those big name players like a Saquon Barkley, you're going to have to put his money where his mouth is. You're going to have to say, you know what? I'm willing to put myself above my team for this one week. I'm willing to lose the money. And then if you want, like you guys said, the guys that are making, you know, the league minimum, the $750,000, you know, a year, you're going to have to say, if you want to come on this journey with me, I'm going to have to find some way to make sure you're taken care of for that game that you're missing. So, if they can find that sort of agreement within the teams with amongst the players, I think that's where you can see players missing games, but it's a very hard question to answer because we just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And that, that is why it's a, it is a a tough question and uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe it had, maybe 
it can happen in week one. Maybe it can happen week 16 when the games are even more important. You know, if they really want to make a stance or a statement, hey, come week 17 when there's two division titles on the line and two more wild card spots. And like JT, what you were saying, or Kendall was saying, maybe it doesn't even need to be all 32 teams. It could be just those three or four games that have playoff implications that those games are boycotted and it kind of leaves the NFL in limbo, but that's a statement. Yeah, I agree. Because yeah. the one thing the NFL players got to show me is I think their hearts are in the right place, but NBA was willing to miss playoff games. Playoff. Like, that's serious. Yeah. Like, people's yes. legacies are on the line. There's contract yeah. stipulations, people not getting paid. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people they are going to be pissed off you walking out of, you know, a second-round playoff game. You know, NFL, they they really going to have to stick to their guns if they're going to do that. So. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the players do. I think it's all on, like he said, like Kendall said earlier, you know, who the leaders are. Like if Tom Brady is missing games, then I think more people are going to be able to do it. But those are the leaders. So the highest paid players on teams are quarterback. They have the biggest salary cap hit. So until those guys are willing to lose money, I don't know how they're going to do it. But if they do start, like Mahomes and Lamar, if they start doing stuff like that, I think that's where things can get kind of interesting and you can see teams possibly shutting down games. Yeah, for sure. But like I said, like from a historical context, even like the past like five or 10 years, like the NBA has been very, very good, like letting their players express themselves in, in, in peaceful protest. So, you know, when Kaepernick first started kneeling, you know, he had negative reviews from everybody. So it's, you know what I'm saying? Like that's just the contrast between the NFL and the NBA it's player relations, you know? True. Yep. That's true, guaranteed yeah. money because the players sit, they're going to get paid regardless. <laughs> in the yeah, NBA. for sure. Yeah, it's a difference. Yep. Um, so let's go on to another um, interesting question going into the season, and that deals with veteran NFL quarterbacks. There are quite a few, as we'll say, veteran starting quarterbacks going into the season. Um, some of these guys, if not all of them, have had Hall of Fame careers. Uh, so, JT, I'm going to start with you this time. Which quarterback do you think will fall off the cliff this season? Uh, will it be Brady, Breeze, Ben, Rivers, Rodgers, or someone else that we didn't name? Um, I'll go with Josh Rosen. I think he's going to fall off the cliff. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm saying <laughs> he, he didn't fall off already. He, he just he just, he just got released by the Dolphins. So, way to way to spend a second round pick on him. But uh, this was tough too because. Any one of these guys can make us look stupid. I mean, they still they still can play. But to me, I'm going to go with Drew Brees, and it's just because I feel like he's the oldest quarterback out of this group that he's holding the team back. So I feel like if they need him the most, I feel like they'll be in the most trouble. Like, everybody knows he really doesn't throw the deep ball, and I think that's actually holding the Saints back. That's why I think they're, they're predictable when they start playing those good teams. And I think that limits what they can do. And it's going he if if anything goes wrong, let's say one of those uh, one of those running backs gets injured, or you know, for God forbid, you know, Michael Thomas get injured for the first time ever, and they have to rely on Breeze more than what they're doing now. I think that you'll really see that how far to the end of the line he really is. Kendall, what do you, what do you think? Uh, honestly, I think it's it's like between Big Ben and Aaron Rodgers. You know what I'm saying, Ben? You. He has, you know what I'm saying, he's been fighting the injuries and all of that. And Aaron, like, his productivity is just going down, you know. 
like people talk about Brady and everything, but Brady, he's consistent, you know, and he's always makes deep playoff runs. Like last year was the first time they've ended early, probably in a long time. So I think like Aaron, like with his team and he has good weapons. They have good drafts, you know, but because they said they drafted what, like, they said they have like five tight ends on their roster right now, like five or six, like a ridiculous number, but they, a lot of fans, a lot of people are like frustrated because they think it's really, it's like Aaron is the problem, but I mean, he still makes good, like good passes and everything, but at the same time, you have to see like. Yeah, JT's been saying it for years and I'll give him credit that, Rodgers has been going downhill steadily, not a cliff, but has been going down. He's not playing at the level he once was even, what, three years ago. So, JT, I'll give you that. You have been saying that, and Kendall's confirmed it. And and I think it goes back to what JT said at the beginning, like any one of these quarterbacks could make us look bad. And I think my answer kind of shows, along with JT's answer and then Kendall's answers, we all had different answers. And it goes to show that. It's it's tough. Like JT, you're right. Any one of them could make us. They could be look any bad. one of these guys could be yeah. the MVP. Exactly. Yeah, and for sure, any, easily. And any one of them could easily fall off the cliff. I'm gonna go with Rivers, and I feel it started last year. And because he's playing out in LA, and no fans go to their home games, he kind of flies under the radar, and no one was noticing it. But he threw a lot of interceptions. He threw 20 last year. Yeah. And now, granted, he didn't have quite the support around him, but he made some bad decisions late in games. And to me, I feel like he's still trying to play and throw the ball the way he was when he was 32 and not the age that he is, which is 38. And we always want to knock Ben and Breeze that, oh, they're 38, 39, 40. But Phillip Rivers is 38. He was in the same draft that Ben came out of, same draft as Eli came out of. Why do we never knock Rivers for being old or his arm not quite the same? I feel like his whole career he's flown under the radar and he's doing it again. We're talking about Rodgers is done. Breeze could hit the cliff. Ben's injuries and he's always been out of shape. I mean, what about Phillip Rivers? So I think it's Phillip Rivers. That's why the Colts signed him to a one-year deal. But I mean, to your to your answer your question though, the reason he flies under the radar is because those other guys on this list either have MVPs or Super Bowls. So like, Philip Rivers is good because he's been around for a long time, but he they, people don't consider him in that class. But, but Philip Rivers know. drafted yeah. in front of Ben, and what I'm, my whole that's my whole point though, JT. Okay, you know what? I'll do my whole career. I'll just be mediocre. But that the, way, but no one criticizes me. Chargers, that's not though. the way you play. Yeah, it is. But it's the Chargers. It's the Chargers. They always got something. Yeah. I feel like they got injuries every year, and that's their excuse. And like they start off slow because they have all these injuries, and then like they're battling like that nine, ten win season. They sometimes <sighs> they make it, sometimes they don't. You know, and then also too, I feel like to me, he's the one on the list that scares me, like in the top three of these guys because that offensive line and and Los Angeles now was terrible last year. He got one of the better ones in the league in the Colts, so they won't it's need Quentin, him to do as yes. much. And that might be good. Yeah, for sure. Like, but yeah. You know, so I was thinking about whenever you said like he hadn't changed his gameplay since he was like thirty years old. Like, you know, what I'm saying Brady, he gets the ball out faster. You know, what I'm saying he doesn't. He doesn't have the arm he used to, but he's still very consistent. He has, you know, what I'm saying precise throws. But yeah, the Chargers they haven't. 
I'm saying it's a good franchise, but you know what I'm saying? They haven't been like real, like deep, like serious contenders, like for Super Bowl and things like that, probably since like they had with Damian Tomlinson and them. Yeah, that's a long back time. Back in those days. Yeah. It was. Yeah, I mean, they were still, they were really good though. Mm-hmm. Like LC was, LC was nice. He was, in my opinion, he was the best running back like in a couple of years. I mean, Absolutely. of course, he was battling with AP, but still, those two were the backs of the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so you got – I got Breeze. You got Rivers. He got Ben. You let, got Rogers, let, right? Let me write these down so when we have yeah. our review show, we'll see who – one of us has to be right, right? I mean, if someone got yeah, to fall so, off this cliff, and we've I'm named everybody. You, then again, you you'll never know. It could it could be Brady. You know what I'm saying? Like, you never know. It's in the <laughs> air. Know. You'll know. never know. <laughs> Watch the guy we pick win MVP. That's how that's how it goes. <laughs> so let's go to one guy who, depending on who you ask about falling off the cliff, uh, you get a different answer. That's so that's Jadavian Clowney. So he's still unsigned at the moment as a free agent, and I've heard that teams are you know making their aggressive pitches to him to get him signed sometime in the near future. But initially, he wanted twenty million a year, and then there's reports out there that he's turned down multiple offers of fifteen million or more. I don't know how you do that in the pandemic, but so with the season less than a week away, will Conley have to sit out the season or will he sign with somebody? And if so, who do you think will land him? Can, Sorry, can I, uh, I want to ask you a question first, Kendall, before, before I go. Okay. Did you get to go against Clowney when you were in camp with the Texans? He was actually hurt. I never went against him, but he would always talk stuff about, hey, he could beat me at one-on-one. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> he wow. He did. He used to say it all the time. He used to talk stuff in the training room every day. <laughs> in the training room because that's where he was trying to heal up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, don't act like you got a clowny fan. Come on, man. Stand up for your guy. <laughs> all right. So I, I want to know this then, Kendall. Who, before I answer again, sorry, going off subject, but, man, we got you here. I got to ask this. And I know JT wants to know, too. Don't be fooled. So who was the toughest, whether it's in-game or in practice, who would you say, and I hope you feel comfortable answering this, who would you say was the toughest D-lineman you've gone against? Maybe not the biggest name, but just every play you knew, man, this guy, he's a dog. He might get around me, bull rush me. Like, my quarterback's in danger. I got to protect my quarterback. You mean, like, in the NFL or college or both? High both? school, college, who, any, uh, anywhere. Just one. I mean, whether it was college or uh, the NFL. When I played – actually, when I played against University of Michigan, when they had Chase Winovich and Rashawn Gary. Rashawn's drafted first by the yep. – um, John, by the uh, Packers and uh, Chase plays for the Patriots now. Like Chase is those JT's two, boy. Yep. Chase is JT's boy. Yeah, those two like rotating, like playing against Chase for three downs, playing against Rashawn. Like <laughs> those guys were like very consistent, and those were guys like you know. I mean, I didn't give up a sack to them, but they were really <laughs> on. <laughs> they were legit. Like they were big and strong, fast. Like it was everything you look for, like in defensive line and like, uh-huh. strong. He's like, they good, but I own them. Yeah, they were yeah. really, real, real good. You know what I'm saying? They were really good. Kendall's like, they ain't getting no sack against me, though. Yeah, All right. Yeah. I, hey, I like that. I like that. Got to have confidence. Um, sure. So, Kendall, I, I'll go and then I'll kick it over to you. I Listen, JT, you know the way I feel about Clowney. I think, he, I think he's a great player. If he passed on the $15 million, I I actually don't blame him. Because 
you know, the reports are turned down 15 million, once 20. I, I mean, he wants market value. And that's minimum is 15 market value but for we, a guy like him. Hey, he we should talk, be we making. Talked about, we talked about market value. And I, and I told you before, he, before this even happened, when he got traded to Seattle, I told you, they're not going to, nobody's going to break the bank for him. Why did I say they're not going to break the bank for him? It doesn't need to be breaking the bank right now, but the fact that he's getting 15 mil and turning it down, I don't blame him. He should be getting at least in that 17 to 18 million dollar range because I'll let you know why. He's only 27. He actually, um, he's going to turn, or he just turned 27. Then you have a guy like Olivier Vernon making 17 million a year. That's a bad and deal, though. He's about to turn 30. But you can't but blame. I bad want market GMs. value. That's not my fault. That's not my fault. Ask Kendall, you want what you're worth. And if the if yes. the market, if the street says, hey, you're worth 17, 18 million, even though there's five bad contracts, give me a bad contract because that's what I'm I'm worth. You got D Ford making 17 million, Trey Flowers, 18 million, all defensive ends. And you're saying D Ford is that much better than Clowney? You ask, you really want to ask me that question? Go ahead. You answer. Where was D Ford in the Super Bowl? Hey, you know who showed I, up in the Super Bowl? I'll tell, Frank I'll tell you Clark. Frank Clark. Kendall. Kendall. If you hey. know anybody that need an agent, obviously you want that man to be the agent because he go get him above market value. That's first. Second, <laughs> That's true. I told you the reason when, when the Texans traded him, I told you why. And you slowly come around on this, but you're not fully embracing what's going on. The reason he's because not it's not right, top, it's not right, but you are he's right. not going to get top. And I said this, I've been saying this for two years. The reason he's not going to get top dollar is one, Kendall already alluded to you, he's already he's always in the training room. Second, <laughs> sorry, if you want to get paid by competent NFL GMs, you have to get double digit sacks. Like, if you're not getting double digit sacks, they're not breaking the bank. D Ford. He's had double-digit stats, I believe. Who's the other bad contract you said? He's, is but he better than him? Pay, you pay for what you project, not what you did in the past. I'm paying, I'm paying, for, I'm paying for if you're going to put the quarterback on his back 10 or more times. And guess what? That's why Miles Garrett got a contract and Jadavion Clowney don't. Because guess what? They know just about every game and a half, Miles Garrett is going to get to the quarterback sometimes even more. And guess what? I can uh, uh, Outside of him doing something stupid like hitting somebody in the head with a helmet – I can count on him to be healthy for 16. But that's the thing. He's only 27. He's coming into his only physical prime. He he's got. coming into but, his physical prime, and he's hey, getting Don, more healthy. But go ahead, Kendall. I'll I let think you what he's getting at is that Clowney came in with so much height, and he hasn't lived up to it. That's what I think he is like getting at. His production levels aren't as high as you would think. I'm saying, especially as him coming out like an athletic freak, you know, Make, doing like crazy stuff like while he's playing in the game like laying people out like his just production level just isn't matching the hype you know and I'm sure like he wanted to get paid like J.J. Watt was that's probably why things didn't work out you know what I'm saying Texas but he's I'm saying I feel but I also feel where he's coming from like he's getting the money that he needs you know what I'm saying like this game is like it's not for the weak hearted, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you feel like you're worth that money, you have to get it because, you know what I'm saying, it's you putting your body up on every day. If you, like, if you feel like, hey, I'm worth this, like, he needs to go and get it. So I understand both sides, but I feel like he's not getting as much deal because of the production level. But I think that he's aiming for that high contract because he's like, yeah, I'm a vet, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've done my years in the league. I'm off the rookie contract. I need some money now. So 
I understand where he's coming from. No, I definitely understand. Can we, can we, can we, hire, can we hire this man full time? I, I like his style. <laughs> he's our NFL expert. We've already got him <laughs> full time. He, you can come on. You can come on the show every other show if you want to. This man got knowledge. See how see how nice Kendall is though when he articulates that to me. Not like you, JT. You're just down my throat. Because he don't got to deal with sixty episodes. So are you saying crazy stuff? Well, I agree with you guys. All I'm saying is I think we always talk about GMs wanting to pay for what they're going to get, not what's been done. And what I'm saying is Clowney, in my opinion, has he peaked yet? I don't know. He's still only 27. He's finally playing a lot of games. He can maybe get to that double digits. And now you've got a good value if you're paying him at 17 or 18. But real quick, then, Kendall, you can finish up. I think the Saints sign him. As of the recording, at as the time of the recording of this show, he has not signed. I think the Saints sign him. Saints are going all in. He's going to do a one-year deal, try to show up, show out, and then go get that big contract after after the season. Kendall, where do you think he ends up? Um, I don't know. I'm not really like right on a like a definite team that like will suit him perfectly, but I feel like a team kind of like. I don't know how much cap space like the Rams might have or a mm-hmm. team like, you know what I'm saying? A team that would pay him, like a team that needs him. I'd probably say like a team that hasn't really been like a serious contender. Like I'm saying like we were talking about like Chargers, a team like that, you know, they're not really known for like a strong defense. So if you have a guy like that on your team, or I don't know how much cap space they have, but the Bucks, you know what I'm saying? Brady, you know, Brady can put the he can put the he can put together a good team like him and Peyton Manning. Like those two guys can put like together a good team like offense and defense. But he you know what I'm saying, I feel like I feel like he will get that contract, you know. Especially if he's like six his foot down and say, Yeah, I'm not playing for anything less than that. You know, kinda like how uh, Le'Veon Bell he did how he set out, but he eventually, you know what I'm saying, had to get his money. But yeah, you brought, you brought Le'Veon Bell though, but one thing Le'Veon Bell was doing he was he was yeah, one of the Le- top running backs in the league. Yeah, like I was gonna say, Le'Veon was a dog, bro. He was he was toting it. Yeah, it done. So to your point, I don't know where this prime thing is coming from. If he couldn't get double digit sacks playing opposite JJ Watt, it ain't gonna happen, man. So I, you need to give up that dream. But um, I think if he was offered less than twenty, but fifteen or more a year on a contract, and he didn't take it. Um, I think that was a bad move because first you're in a you're in a pandemic right now. We don't know how the game's going to recover. We don't know what, what's going to happen with salary caps. You thinking it's going to go up? It might actually go backwards and go down because revenue is going to be down because you don't know when fans are going to be back in the stands. So I'm look if somebody if I wanted twenty and somebody said we'll give you seventeen, I'm I couldn't sign that contract fast enough right now. Like you said, Kim, you got to go get what's yours. If somebody's offering me that much money, I'm going to take it given the situation, the circumstances. Now, where does he land? I was torn because I agree with you, Donato. I do think it's going to be the Saints. And I was reading something today where his agent advised him to not sign until after cuts are done so teams can clear clear more cap space to get him closer to that number that he wants. But everything just says the Saints because a couple months ago, Michael Thomas was like, look, if it's not Jadavian Clowney, I don't want to hear it. So they've been campaigning for this for a while. And they're the one team that's desperate enough to maybe make a, a deal like this. Cause like you said, they're in that, that win now all in mode this season. So they're trying to stockpile as much weapons as they can. And then, you know, next year they're going to be what negative 78 million in cap space. So they're going to be a mess <laughs> once the season's done to me. I think he would be a good move for the Titans. I like the way like their defense is under the radar and like they play tough. 
like the way they shut um, Lamar down in the playoffs, that, that defense is better than people think. And I think you add a guy like Clowney, I think he can move more free and freelance more in that defense. But I do believe it's going to be the Saints, though. And that's a rumor is the, is the Titans. So good point. Mike Vrabel there. Vrabel would know how to use him. He'd get double-digit sacks automatically, in my yeah. opinion. Man, Mike um, Vrabel got more double-digit sack seasons than Jadavian Clowney. <laughs> so, Kendall, yeah, Vrabel, he's real smart. Like, he was uh, one of my coaches in Texas. Like, he was one of my uh, coaches at Houston. He's really – he really smart guy. Really smart coach, but – Kendall, let me let me ask you this because JT always brings it up. He brought it up again. When you have two a duo of defensive ends like Watt and Clowney on the same team going into a week, whether it's at the college level, NFL level, doesn't matter. When you have just when you have two great outside rushers like guys like that, preparing for a week as a tackle, okay, whether you're the right tackle or, or left offensive tackle. Does it matter that the guy, the defensive end on the other side is also great? I mean, are you not worried about the guy in front of you? Like, is, does the game plan change that much when you've got two great defensive ends? Because he's acting like because Watts on the other side, Clowney should have 25 sacks because no one's blocking Clowney. Okay. <clears throat> Something very interesting. Something we used to do in Houston. They said – no matter where he is, if Aaron Donald's in the game, we're sliding to the side that he's at. No matter what the play is, where the pass is going, we're sliding to him. But with that being said, it's only it would like the only person they would treat like that would be like an Aaron Donald or like maybe probably a younger JJ or probably JJ right now. But it's still, I think if you have a really dominant defensive end, like say like a Von Miller or JJ or um. Davion, like you would do a lot of chips with a tight end, you know what I'm saying, to slow him down yep. and things like that. But I mean, if somebody's on both sides, you really can't do much. You can only slide to one side and have man on the other side. So I guess you can slide everyone towards Jadavion and then have the tight end come help on um, JJ. But so, so in defense, you of- game plan so much. Okay. No, you make up, you make up, you make great points. Um, and that's something, you know, JT and I are not, you know, we're not, we're not able to know that stuff know unless, that. unless we have you on the show. So my yeah. argument, so my final argument is going to be, I'm going to take Kendall's great knowledge and say, you know what, JT, they used to game plan and slide the line to Jadavion's side. And that's why Watt always ended up with the double digit sacks and, and Clowney did not. Man, you didn't. I don't, I don't know why you don't sold this man. I don't that dream. Uh, I, that's why I said it takes like a certain type of person. The only person they said by name was Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, that that's the best, in my opinion, that's the best defensive player in the league. Still. Yeah, no, no doubt he's about just, it. Yeah, he's just unblockable. He's, he's unblockable. Yeah, yeah. He you have to triple team that man. Yeah, there's no one. On, there's no one on one. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's go to running backs. Donato, I know you love talking about these guys. So there's a lot of running back drama going on lately. Uh, Leonard Fournette was released by the Jaguars earlier this week, only to sign with Tom Brady and the Golden State Warriors down in Tampa. <laughs> in addition, Adam Schefter reported on Monday that Alvin Kamara had missed multiple training camp practices and is believed to it's believed to be contract related, unexcused absences. So let's start in Tampa first. Is Tampa the best landing spot for Fournette? Kendall, I want to go to you first. I think so, but that offense that Thomas reeled in is like it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? He has Gronk, he has Mike Evans, he has Leonard. Like that's that's a lot of talent. You know what I'm saying? Like 
the Chiefs have, you know what I'm saying, Chiefs have a lot of talent also, you know what I'm saying, but they all come together, and this is going to be their first time. So I don't know how it'll go. It can either be really good or it can be bad, but they definitely have a really high expectation to live, to play into right now. Definitely, for sure. For sure. A really high expectation. John, good yeah. landing spot for Fournette. I'll say this. It's not the worst spot for him. I mean, could have stayed they, put. that would have been the worst spot. <laughs> I mean, exa- <laughs> all the, th- <laughs> all the things that Kendall said, I mean, you've got great passing attack. That's going to open up the box for him. Now he should have more uh, running lanes because of that. And it, it's kind of close to where he was playing. Right. JT. What is that? Just down I four Jacksonville to Tampa, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it's a little drop. It's a little drop. drop. It's not too it's bad. Not too drop. bad. You can tell you don't live in Florida no more. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, I mean, Tampa's gonna push them, just like Kendall said. You know, that's what that's what Tom Brady does. So you're gonna look good there, and now maybe you can go sign a big contract somewhere else because you get your value back. And so I think his stats, especially TDs, like Legarrette Blunt used to do in New England, his his touchdowns are going to go up. And I just think that it's going to make him look good. If I said a best destination, I would almost lean toward the Steelers because that he's a Steeler-type running back, um, and he could really relieve big back. James All Carter. gas, no flash. <laughs> yeah, the big back, yeah. See but it. but I, I like that landing spot for Fournette. I think he's in a good spot. I hate it. I, I, I tried to find every way around it to like this. And I did, you brought up something that I was going to talk about, and I 100% disagree with you. Everybody assumes that because Tom Brady is on a new team, that they're going to do things that he did in New England. That big back that gets all those goal line carries and scores a lot of touchdowns like with Garrett Blunt, that's a Patriots thing. That's not a Tom Brady thing. So Bruce Arians, to me, I think I fell for this last year. Everybody assumed that, you know, the tight end was going to be good. They, he doesn't really use them. They didn't do that well last year. And I'm not sure in the Bruce Arias system what the running backs really do. Like, it's a really a passing system. So it's a four-way tie down there. They got, what, Ronald Jones. They got LaShawn McCoy, which people forget. And they got some other guys that were already there. And to me, I feel like with that team, he is a goal line back at best because he's not going to be catching the ball in the backfield, which we know Brady loves. And – he just don't – I saw it at LSU. He just don't seem that explosive like he was in college. So, he got – hopefully the box opens up with all these weapons, like you said, Kendall. But I just don't see – I think Jones is going to be the guy, so I don't think Fournette's going to do much there. To me, I would have rather seen him go somewhere like the 49ers or the Rams where they can really use a guy with his style. Like, the 49ers would have just ran him into the ground. It would have been effective because that scheme is going to allow him to show off. But, I mean, it's Tom Brady. I mean, stranger things have happened. Yeah, go he'll find a way to win. Yeah, Tom will find a way to win. <laughs> he'll All definitely right. find a way. For sure. So, let's go to the other guy, Kamara. Uh, what do you think, guys, will be the resolution of his contract situation with the Saints? I don't know. Is he, like, is he, like, how much money is he looking to get out of it? Like, Christian McCaffrey he... money. So, that's, like, 16 mil a year. Mm. I mean, but Alvin, he's good, though. Like, as far as, like, you know how we were talking earlier about, like, Clowney trying to get more money that match like those top tiers. He's up in that same category with like Christian. He's not, I mean, of course he's not Christian McCaffrey, but you know, he's so he's up there. So I think he could get it, but I think like the Saints are kind of just going to sell him short. I don't think he'll get it from them. So, you know, I think uh, he'll probably just have to find another team. Um, To the fans and listeners out there, JT posted a great uh, IG post 
comparing Kamara and McCaffrey. So, Kendall, you're not far off when you say you're, you're not far off when you say Kendall that Kamara's up there with McCaffrey. I mean, if you, you look at the numbers, go on the IG page, uh, fans. Kamara's right there statistically, and a lot of people feel like McCaffrey, the offense is tailored around him, whereas Kamara just he's got to eat when he can. You know, yeah, it's not the, the plate is yeah, not just given to him like it is with McCaffrey. So you're you're not sure. off, you're not you're not far off, Kendall. I think you bring up great points there. JT knows the way I feel about running backs, and Kendall, you will you will learn. It's all about tell, the guys. It's tell all them about how you the feel g- about running backs. Tell, tell them what's your, what's your slogan. What's your presidential it, slogan? You franchise tag them till they drop, pretty much. That's oh, he, what he you give you the PG version. They're all <laughs> listen. It, it's all based on that offensive line. And Kendall, you can appreciate that. I mean, yeah. Derrick Henry, yeah, he's a bulldozer, but you gotta give some of that credit to the Tennessee yeah, Titans Taylor offensive Lewan, line. Yeah. Exactly. Now, what I think he does what he ends up doing because both teams, both him and the saints are kind of forced. He's going to play on the one year remaining on his contract. And then they're going to franchise tag him. And they are so over the cap JT that next year that they can't afford him. They can't sign him to a max contract, let's say, or a huge contract or a long-term deal. Like if not, they would have to let go of so many half of their, their star players and they and they just can't do that they want to trade them because or they they can't trade them because they're all in this season and so they're never going to get a first round value in return for them and so this reminds me of not the ezekiel elliott holdout but the melvin gordon holdout where yeah like you're a great running back but no they no you 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 being so disrespectful to Kabar. No, no, no. I'm I'm saying the situation. I'm saying the situation, not that he's not as good as Gordon. What I'm saying is it's the situation where you're trying to force someone's hand like Elliot did, but Dallas knew we need Zeke for Dak in this offense. Do they need Kamara? Sure, that'd they be helpful. Do. But let me tell you something, JT. Drew Brees Who did, needs hold Kamara. On. Who did you dra- No, he doesn't. Who did you draft in fantasy? Who's your backup? My didn't backup. you take Latavius Murray? No, I didn't take him. All right. I well, usually a lot, do. A lot, you usually do, and a lot of people do. do, because no offense to Kamara, he's tough to replace, but with that offense, it's not quite irreplaceable the way Zeke is in Dallas. That's what I, I agree. I agree with you. The If it, we're talking about the Saints system, I do agree he's replaceable, because I feel like a lot of people forget, like, Kamara was – what is his name? I'm not – I take that back. I'm not sure that he's as replaceable as a player. I think they can make it work within the system to get close to the production level right. that he can put up. Yes. Because you forget, they got lucky with Kamara. He just happened to go to some place like Tennessee where they just misused him, and he kind of – people forgot about him. Yep. He was at Alabama first, so they got lucky with that one. Yeah. I was going to say that, no, he shouldn't have the McCaffrey money because – you know, I don't think he's good in a feature role. Like, I, I don't want him to get 300 touches because I feel like I don't think he'll hold up the way McCaffrey has. But it's like you said, we looked at the numbers last night. They are almost identical. McCaffrey has two more touchdowns, and the yards are all similar, receiving and rushing. So, and you got to think, this is on basically 200 less career touches. So, the dude is electric. He's efficient. I mean, 
you just made that whole argument for Davion Clowney. If he's got market value, you got to pay the man the money. He closer to the top running back numbers than Davion Clowney is to the top uh, edge rushing numbers. So that's what the market is saying that he's worth. You got to pay that man. Yeah, but there's a difference. Davion Clowney is what? A free agent. Kamara? You're on the Saints, one year left, I can franchise tag you. So if you want to sit out the rest of your career, that's great, but we're going to franchise tag you. Kendall, Kendall, I got a theory about this, and I was thinking about this today. You tell me what you think. I think the reason Kamara is making a big deal about this now is I think he sees some scenarios happening. I think they know internally this is Drew Brees' last season, and as long as Drew Brees is the quarterback – it's valuable to a guy like Kamara because everything is in the short game and going to him, they're going to funnel through him. If Drew Brees does not come back next year, and I think the Saints know that's a real possibility, if they get somebody like Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston in there, I think Kamara loses value. I don't think he's going to put up the same numbers because now if you have somebody like Taysom Hill in there, the short path to Kamara now turns into the scramble for him. So I think he's trying to cash in now before his stats take a dip with a new quarterback possibly next year. What do you think? Yeah, I think that sounds pretty good. You know, because it's always – it's like a game of chess. You never know where the pieces are going to move and when they're going to. So, I can see that being a possibility. But I also think that he's just trying to – he kind of feels like left out a little bit. He said, come on, like, I'm out here. I got I have the same numbers in. Why am I not getting paid, you know? Kind of like almost like in the reverse of clowning. He's like, <laughs> doesn't have the numbers, but he still wants to get that money. So, well, you know. JT, I mean – Listen, I always say the players got to go get their money. I'm not blaming Kamara. I'm just saying I don't know if he has that power play move the way Ezekiel Elliott. Because think of all the running backs that have held out lately. Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell. They had the weight. They had yeah, the but weight. here's the thing, though. The thing I think that Kamara has going for him is, like you said, they're all in this year. And you take him off that offense, they're not as dangerous. Because you see, they he missed games last year. They won, but it wasn't in Saints fashion. True. I, how about this compromise with running backs, all right, JT? For like Saquon and maybe oh, a year, a year or two, go with with Kamara. After their second year, I give them an extension because I know they're still going to be young. I give them a three, four year extension to take place two years down the line. But it's not these fifteen million dollar deals. It's you're on your rookie contract. We're two years in. We're going to extend it beyond your rookie contract three or four years, and we're going to pay you eight million a year. Once the extension kicks in, half of it's guaranteed. Mm. Take your money now when it's there. If you get injured this year and you have a devastating injury, you're if not going to become back, a free agent. Sign that. If I'm a baller and I'm a first round pick, I'm like, look, if you ain't going to pay me, somebody going to make that mistake okay. and pay me. Well, that's the injury. Then the injury risk is what you're willing to take the next two years because your rookie contract, you may have a fifth year option. You may not see free agency for three more years. Who knows in three years, you might have a bad offensive line or an injury. All right, fellas. Well, we got through, you know, the tough, the tough questions there, getting ready for the season. Let's have some fun. Let's go. We don't have trivia time this episode, JT, but we're going to have prediction time. All right, Kendall, we expect your predictions to be the best. No pressure. No pressure. Um, so we're going to go. Let's first just playoff teams. All right. This past offseason, NFL voted to expand the playoffs to seven teams from each conference. So – that includes the top seed in each conference receiving a bye week. So, Kendall, to you first, what seven teams do you have making the playoffs in each conference? You can just you can just list them and then 
you know, we may jump on you for a team or two. <laughs> um, I have the Pat for uh, AFC. I have Pats, Bills, Ravens, uh, Texans, Kansas City. Oh, uh, Pittsburgh, and uh, surprisingly, I had the uh, Jets. You know, Whoa, just like a okay. wild, you know what I'm saying? Just like a wild, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just yeah. Like a okay. wild card in there. Okay. And, um, and I had, um, for NFC, I had Dallas 49ers, Bucks, Packers, uh, Raiders. Raiders. Um, yeah, uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had a throw in there uh, for Jay. I mean, John Gruden. But, um, okay, we got the. Yeah, we had Oakland, and we had the uh, Rams and the, and the Seahawks. All right. But um, my top teams that I had, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just – you know, since they made it to seven, like, I really – each year I probably have, like, four teams I really like on each one. So, I'm just going to talk about those four, like, All mostly. Right. So, like, my first four teams, I had, like, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Texans, and then Kansas City. I'm saying I had the Patriots, you know what I'm saying? They have Cam coming back. I feel like, me personally, I feel like the Cam's going to take the league by storm. Like, because he, you know what I'm saying? He's been rehabbing, coming back from the injury. They've been counting out. He's, I really feel like he's going to take the league by storm. You got Ravens, of course, you can't sleep on Lamar. And he has a, and especially that defense now, they got Clayus Campbell from the Jags. Like, big move. That boy is, you. that boy is, that, that boy is cold. <laughs> he's cold. He's probably like he's probably like my favorite D lineman to watch outside of like Aaron Donald, of course. And then uh my my other team that I had, I had the Texans. Of course you can't count out uh, Deshaun, of course, any anytime. And JJ and Whitney Merciless and B Mac and those guys on their defense. So Texas always gonna have a good run. And of course the Kansas City Chiefs, saying for obvious reasons. Mahomes, man. <laughs> Mahomes, Cheetah, Travis, like <laughs> that's that's a squad, you know. And on the other side, I had uh, the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Bucks, and the Packers. So with Dallas, I had you know what I'm saying Dak and Zeke, but of course CD Lamb, like he's hey, he's I think he's gonna be really good. He might be their best receiver. <laughs> I think he probably is their best receiver. And 49ers, of course, I'm saying, with Nick Boza and Jimmy and all those guys. And they just got Trent, too. Like, they do want, that whole line is about to be nasty. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they got rid of Joe Saley and they got Trent. So, they basically they basically didn't lose a step. The line. Got, yeah, you got two legendary offensive linemen just back-to-back. That's crazy. And with Green Bay, you know. You know, Aaron's always going to, you know what I'm saying, you can't never count him out. So, I'm just going to throw them in there. I couldn't really decide on that fourth team that I like the most. So, I just kind of stuck with – I just kind of went with Green Bay just because I know the consistently, consistency levels. So, just went with them. All right. Some, I can roll with so, yeah, some solid choices there for sure. Uh, I, I like I liked your top teams. JT, sorry. I think our AFCs are real similar. So I just have the Chiefs, Texans. I got the Colts, Ravens, Steelers, uh, Bills, and Patriots. For the NFC, I got the Seahawks, the Bucks, the Saints, Cowboys, Packers, Niners. And I'm going with the surprise, the Cardinals. I can see the Cardinals. I'll give you that. 
I mean, everybody swears Kyler Murray is an MVP, so we're gonna see. Yeah, he's coming back, yeah, saying like he had to get his feet wet, you know. Um, I'm gonna go with Kansas City, New England, the Texans, the Steelers, and then the wild cards: the Ravens, Buffalo, and I'm gonna go back to Cleveland. JT, Cleveland gets JT in in the wild card. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it one more go now Didn't that there's no, last year? There, there's on, no for, hype. <laughs> for the record, he he said Baker Mayfield was going to be the MVP last season, so I don't know yeah, why you're going back. I, to I don't know world. if I said MVP. We got to go back and listen to the to MVP. The, we got to go back and listen to the tape. There, it's probably Kendall, birth, if that's it was it was not it was not MVP. Okay, do you think do you think Baker is the best player on the offense? Best player on their offense? No, I would say their best player on their offense is still Beckham. I think but, it's Chubb. I think I, it's Nick Chubb. <laughs> I think it's Nick. I would say he may not even be the best running back on that team. I think Kareem Hunt's the best running back on that I'm team. Gonna tell, I'm going to tell you what's up with Odell. I feel like you get a situation where a receiver is used to getting so many targets like he did in New York. They're going to look good. And, you know, what can you do with the limited targets? I don't think I don't think Odell is going to be the same guy that he was in New York. Well, yeah, it's un- not at all. I don't think he can ever go back to that unless he – Got with like a veteran. I'm saying, let's like later on, he got traded to like a veteran quarterback. You know, what I'm saying like, like a. Um, I'm saying like Brady's getting old, but if he got like one of those veterans, like, like Ben or something, yeah, Ben or somebody like that, like for a year or two, I feel like he could get numbers like that again. But I feel like in Cleveland, he won't be the same as he was in New York because he was like the guy, like he was the man, like he was a co-op. But does that mean he's not the best offensive player? Like, I understand what you guys are saying, but that could be true for Jerry Rice. Like, we never really saw him. We saw him in Seattle. He wasn't that great in Seattle. But, like, we never saw him without Montana, Young, or Rich Gannon. And Rich Gannon was, like, an MVP that year. But that's like asking, okay, on the Texans, who's the best player on defense? And you want to say, oh, it's Jadavion Clowney. But J.J. Watts winning, you know, defensive player of the year. and putting No, 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 no. So there's a difference there. So you're saying Chubb is the equivalency of J.J. Watt? Come on. On that, if, if, if on that team, if we compare Chubb team. and Odell Beckham, yeah. O- Odell, Odell is Jadavion and Chubb is Watt. Yeah, you're right. You're, yeah. saying, skill wise, you're saying skill-wise and talent, you'd rather have a Chubb than a Beckham. Depends on the team. You no, asked, you, like he said, no, he said on that's that team, my whole right? Point, Jimmy. No, that's my whole point. He said on that team, right? That's my whole point. Is it doesn't matter. I'm talking about skill set and talent. The question was, who's the best offensive player on that team? If you want, if you want to say who's the best fit, then yes, it's it's Chubb. But if you're saying just who's the best player on that offense, like skill wise, talent, I'm going back on. All right, and I'm not gonna argue with you over the Browns again. Did you give your <laughs> NFC pick? All right, NFC real quick. See, Kendall, you got me all all fired up now. You got oh, Eagles, Vikings, Saints, Seattle, all division winners, and then Rams, Atlanta, Dallas. Wow. Damn, you had nobody that I picked basically. All right, cool. So we go. See <laughs> I like that Cardinals Dallas, one because yeah. you're, you're gonna see in a little bit why I like that Cardinals one. I may have made. I probably should have put them on instead of like Atlanta. We'll see. All right, cool. So we'll see. We'll come back at the end and see who who was right, who was wrong. So let's just go to uh, offenses, guys. Just drop your top three offenses for me. Oh, okay. Let's go with you. Start with me. All right, I have Kansas City, 49ers, and the uh, Ravens. All right, all right. I've got Chiefs number one, Seattle two. Gotta love my guy Russ, and then three, Arizona Cardinals. Wow. 
All right, so you drinking the Kool-Aid too. Um, I think everybody's number one is the Chiefs. I mean, ain't no stopping that machine. <laughs> no, bro. <laughs> So I got them number one. I got the Ravens number two because there's more than one way to skin a cat. They running the ball more than anybody in the league. And then yeah. three, I'm going to go with a surprise. I think it's going to be the Falcons. I think they're going to take it back to, like, Matt Ryan MVP type level. So they got some weapons. That's interesting you say that, and I say that about the Cardinals, yet you didn't have the Falcons in the I think, playoffs, and I didn't have the Cardinals in the playoffs. I said the offenses. I didn't say the team. Okay, okay. Yeah, we say offense. <laughs> okay. So See, you don't listen, man. Listen, nowadays, though, and Kendall can attest to this, hey, you've got a really good offense. Most of the time, nowadays, you'll get into the playoffs. Doesn't mean you're going to win the Super Bowl, but you're going to get into to the playoffs. Yeah. I, before we go to our next prediction, JT, I got to stop here because it's my boy, Russ. Kendall got a man crush on Russell Wilson. <sighs> JT, do you know, according to Pro Football Focus last year, the war metric, which is wins above replacement. Dangerous Russ was number one. He was MVP in the league last year, according to that stat. Why are right? you telling me? You acting like I'd say Russell Wilson is trash. I like him too. Oh, he should have won MVP. But he did. So, uh. right, let, let's go to the defensive <laughs> side of the ball, all right? Top three defenses rank them. JT, you're up first. Uh, number one, I got to go with your Steelers. I think they got the best defense in the league. Um, they're edging my number two, which is the Ravens. I think they're right behind them. And then three, I think it's the 49ers. I don't think they'll be as dominant as they were last year, but I think they'll be they'll be up there. All right. So that's solid. Kendall, who you got? I have the Rams, and I have 49ers. And surprisingly, my third one, I have the Washington football team. Ooh, okay. Chase they're Young. Watching them chase Young yeah, they're D-line. Because I'm saying, because their D-line is so advanced. Yeah, they have Darren Payne, Chase Young, Ryan Allen. Yeah, Allen. Like, yeah, they do, their defense is, like, stupid. Their defense is stacked. Like, and they still got Kerrigan. Yeah, they still have Kerrigan. Kerrigan oh, still, like, he make, he's not making as much noise as he used to, but Kerrigan, he's still a dog. Like, Still getting double-digit sacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All about double digit sacks with that game. I mean, defensive end, like that's your stat. Like that's that's your stat. Like that's like the main like thing that you need. Like because the defensive end, especially in this game, like it's a passing league now. So you had double digit stat, like that determines your success, like directly. I'm gonna wise, go wise words from a wise man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go number one Steelers. JT, I agree. Number two, I'm going to go Buffalo Bills. And then three, because I can't put the Ravens or the Niners. I think the Niners have a little bit. Notice, I didn't put the Niners in my playoffs because – in my playoff prediction because I think, they have a, I think they have a little bit of a hangover, and I think the Niners' defense has a little bit of a hangover. They're going to start to believe the press clippings. And I think a lot of on defense is that intensity. Can you bring it every week? And I think the Niners are going to feel like they're owed things and not come out as hungry. I could be wrong. And with the Ravens real quick, JT, you mentioned the Ravens. I think losing Earl Thomas is pretty big, even though in the locker room. I think room, that's going to help them. Eh, yeah. you, Earl Thomas is a smart them, dude. He's a smart he's a guy. smart player, but. He's no, a if smart if guy. All the, if the rest of the 10 guys hate you. But, you know, that yeah, doesn't, you that, I don't know. Yeah. Kendall, you, 
Kendall, you can attest to this more. When you're on the field, though, are you worried about if you hate the center or not? Like, Not really, because y'all trying okay. to win. You exactly. Know? You're trying to win. But at the same time, <laughs> if you don't like somebody, you like you don't think it's him, of him as a as much reliable you know what i'm saying like you're right. not as like dependent on that person which is also it. a big element in the team you know i got it. Like, I still, yeah I, and i get that i still feel like earl thomas smart dude gets guys in the right place when he's on the field he's balling yeah, he's sure. all over the field and i think that that defensive line i don't know I, they always got dudes in there you they do they, you just don't know them. i made that mistake they too because i I called Zadarius Smith the free agent bus. I was like, I don't even know what this dude is. He should have yeah, went he, to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, he went to Kentucky. Yep. He was, exactly. He was so my number three is is a little bit of a surprise is the Chiefs. You got Chris Jones inside, Clark on the outside, Honey Badger, Steve Spagnola, underrated defensive coordinator. He's not a good head coach, but defensive coordinator, he knows what's up. They're going to only – think about this in the Super Bowl, JT – the Niners had been blowing teams out in the NFC playoffs, blowing teams out. Wasn't even close. You know who kept the Chiefs in that Super Bowl so that in the end, Mahomes and the offense could score for three quarters was the Chiefs defense. Because that game, if it was NFC playoffs the way the Niners were rolling, it would have been 30, 35 points Garoppolo and company would have put up. Chiefs and the Honey Badger kept them in. All right, not going to argue with you on that one. All right, so – so let's go to Dark Horse team. So what's that one team that you guys think is going to surprise everyone that the listeners should be watching out for? Kendall, let's kick it off with you. Uh, honestly, I'm going to get some hate for this, but the Bengals. They got Joe Burrow. Hey, they got some receivers. The Bengals always had like a, a, I'm saying like a decent amount of receivers, but you know what I'm saying? They had Joe. And Joe, he's that type of quarterback. You know what I'm saying? He can turn around the franchise. I feel like he can. And they like also that. they had a good D line, you know what I'm saying? They just got DJ Reader. They also had Carlos Dunlap, you know, they saying they have they starting to form a team. So I feel like they definitely were surprised. All right. Yeah, I, I, I like what they're doing there, Kendall. So that that's that's a pretty good one. I'm gonna go, Kendall alluded to with his defenses. I'm gonna go the Rams. People have forgotten about them and they've been criticized. JT criticizes Sean McVay all the time, but I think they have a bounce back here. You've got Goff, which, again, JT doesn't believe in him, but Goff, Cup, Woods, you added a young running back. He's going to be the girly of two, three years ago. And this defense, like Kendall said, he's our NFL expert. That defense is still near the top in the league. You've got the baddest man in the NFL, number 99, Aaron Donald, who even Kendall said, the only player that you were shifting the line to, all right? And so I think the 49ers have a little bit of a hangover. And with seven playoff teams, the Rams are the dark horse. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like my dark horse isn't as good as you guys. Those were, like, really good, splashy picks. Um, I was torn. Uh, One way I wanted to go to Detroit Lions, as stupid as that sounds, I just think if Matthew Stafford is healthy, they were finding something special on offense last year with those two receivers. Like, if everyone stays healthy – and those two running backs, they got DeAndre Swift and carry on. They both good, good players. And Hawkinson, you like him at tight end. If they take that next step, they got a nice squad. I just don't think that division is as strong as people think because I think people think the Packers are just going to run away with it. I'm not so sure about it. So I think they have the easiest road to maybe get a division title out of all the, all the um, divisions. 
And then my other one I was split on is the Chargers. If they stay healthy, that team is always solid. They just well, got to stay healthy. Well, I mean, you do know Derwin James is going to be out several weeks. Yeah, right? but he's always hurt. I, he, I think he's missed like 27 of like 35 games the past yeah. two seasons or something like that. So they used to playing without him. If they can, the rest of the team can stay healthy. Tyrod's that nice steady force. He's not going to make mistakes like Rivers. I think they'll be in a lot of games at the end of the game. Okay. Hey, Detroit's kind of a splashy pick because that came that came out of nowhere. So I, yeah, I, the Bengals, I can't, agree. Like, I can't, I can't take his pick. And, and the Bengals, I mean, I like I like all three of our picks to be honest. So we'll we'll see. Maybe they're all all of them are dark horses. Um, rookies. Let's go to the fun one. I always find this one as fun because we're gonna see who did their their homework from several months ago, as well as the preseason, well training camp. Rookies. Offensive, let's start offensive rookie of the year, JT. It's easy. It's going to be Joe Burrow. Quarterbacks who always get the most touchdowns always win it. That seems like Kendall's dude. Kendall, who you got? I was thinking Joe, but then I was like, you know what I'm saying? They always give it to the quarterback, but if the Bengals play like the Bengals, he won't <laughs> win it. So I'll put C.D. Lamb because, you know, like the Cowboys, they're always going to have like a good team. And I feel like Dak is going to get the ball to him. And I feel like he's going to be a mismatch for, like, true, almost true. every DB. Like for most DB. I won't say all, but most DBs he's going to be a mismatch for. So, I'll say CB. Okay. I like that. I like that one, too. Um, I'm hoping this guy's going to be a fantasy stud. I'm going Cam Akers. Falls in line with my Rams being a dark horse. Good passing attack to open up the box against Sean McVay as a coach. They're going to use him like they did a young and healthy Todd Gurley. He's going to put up stats. And Todd, not Todd, Sean McVay has been teasing us with a potential wildcat package for Cam. Well, that's when you that's when you know Ooh. it's going downhill. <laughs> Sean McVay, if he do the wildcat, I lose all faith in him as a coach. Yeah, hey, it might work though. You know what I'm saying? Like where the things have happened. That's <laughs> what he thinks about Cam Akers. That means Cam's gonna get the rock. What, do, what can uh, you say? Anything can happen, man. Defensive rookie of the year, JT. Uh, gotta go Patrick Queen, Ravens. Usually that guy who's on the field the most and gets the most tackles, that's the guy that wins the award. Also, like, when I, put, when I pick this guy, like, I'm not saying that he's not, like, as good, but I'm saying, like, just off his hype alone, I think he'll be a contender. Like, right now, he's probably a contender without even playing it down. I say Chase Young. Yeah. yeah if he has double-digit sacks, I think he'll give it because, yeah. like, he's probably one of the most hyped D linemen since probably joey or nick bosa you know what i'm saying like yeah for sure i like that pick i wanted to pick chase young so bad the only thing that i was nervous about is do the is he that dominant that he can overcome the amount of wins they're gonna have yeah so i said if, that's why i say it comes down to if he has a double digit sacks you know what i'm saying so it's, so if he does a davion clowny thing he won't yeah because he has the hype you know what i'm saying like if yeah. you know what I'm saying? if he has the hype and he plays up to it you know what I'm saying because Clowney had the hype, but I'm not sure how much how much he played up in, into it. You know, so you said he's not having double double digit sack seasons and things like that. But or like if he comes out and shows out, like I feel like he's gonna be good. I feel like he should. He probably will win it. I'm with him on that. I think I think he'll win that. I think he'll win that pick with Chase Young. Are you, you are, you, are you changing your pick? No, no, I'm sticking with Patrick Queen. Oh, but okay, I, okay. I wanted to pick Chase Young so bad, but I'm just like, uh. I'm, I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually going to go with Kendall here. I'm going co-defensive rookies of the year, 
Chase Young and Kenneth Murray, the linebacker of the Chargers, one of the fastest linebackers in the draft. And like JT said, he's probably going to be on the field a lot, it seems. So I'm going Kenneth Murray and Chase Young because I've been I'm falling I'm falling for the social media hype watching the clips of Chase Young at at uh, Washington people. practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time they be having tight ends block camp. Some of them like the vet O is be commenting like come on. I saw one where he destroyed Adrian Peterson. I was like, damn. But a tight end was trying to block him. Like, that's, why, that's why they cut Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I'm like, come on now. They did. They cut him right after that play. Yep. All right, so let's go to everybody's favorite, the comeback player of the year. Who's it going to be, Kendall? I think I know where he's going with this. Cam Superman. I'm going with Cam. He got the chip. Like, his chip he got on his shoulder is huge. I just know. Cause I know he put in so much work, and I think Belichick's gonna come up with a good plan for them, and he's just gonna make Cam into a superstar. I really feel like he's really gonna—he's really gonna come back. Yeah, like I think he's honestly, really, I think he's probably gonna be better than when he was before when he came out because I feel like he's gonna focus more so on his passing. You know, it was before he was really rushing a lot and doing things like that, but I feel like he's gonna focus more so on his passing this time in that system with Bill. So, I think it's only Kim. I I was torn between the player I picked and Cam. The reason why I didn't go Cam was I think he doesn't have enough weapons, offensive weapons in New England. And as far as the last I checked, Dante Scarnecchia was not their offensive line coach, and that's still going to come back to bite New England. So, I'm going to go with big – Ben coming off the major elbow injury. I think he leads the Steelers to the playoffs and he'll have a fantastic statistical year to win comeback player of the year. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. I, I want to pick cam. It's because I think that they already gave the award to him. It's his. All you got to do <laughs> his is the lose, huh? His it's the his. lose. Um, sure. Can I, can Alvin Kamara technically count as a comeback player? Cause I feel like he really, he, like he was hurt last year. He didn't really show like, he was, like, that same guy. I feel like people kind of forgot about him. I feel like he's going to be playing for a contract. He might have, like, one of those LT from, like, yards from scrimmage type years. I'll leave it up to Kendall if he'll can allow I count, that. Can I count Kamara? Because I'm not going to I don't know, man. I'm leaning towards no. <laughs> All right. He said I can't, so I'm going with Kim. I'm going Kim. I had Kim down, but I want to throw Kamara in there because I think he, I think he'll have a real bounce back season. I hope he does. But, yeah, it's Kim. There's no doubt about it. It's his to lose. All right. Okay. Uh, next one, this is always sometimes comes out of nowhere. Let's start. MVP, Kendall. Uh, I see, I see Pastry taking it. I think the Chiefs, like, I really don't see any weaknesses on their team. Like, I really just don't. And Patrick, he really didn't lost anybody. Like, he really didn't lost any weapons. So, I feel like. I'm saying that they all, he's going to have that eye on him anyway. Everybody's going to be focusing on the Chiefs. And he, you know what I'm saying, like his past, like the things that he does is just like he creates magic like almost when he plays. So I feel like Patrick's going to do it. I think he is. I'm going to go with your boy, Russell Wilson. I'm, gonna, I'm using the same logic I use for Cam. If Russell Wilson makes the playoffs and has another efficient year, it's his to lose because everybody's made such a big deal that he's gotten zero career MVP votes and he doesn't have MVP. So they'll give your boy Man. one finally this year. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think they will. 
I mean, if he didn't get it like back when they were winning the Super, like back when they won the Super Bowl and all that, like I don't think. I'm saying because I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like how you were saying, like he was MVP as far as some of those stats by the PFF, but unless they make a really deep playoff win, I don't, I don't see it. I'm gonna agree with you, JT. You know, I, I got Russell it. Wilson next. Yeah, Let's sure. go. <laughs> I got Russell Wilson. I'm not a big Seahawks fan, but I'm a huge Russell. Me. I'm a Davion went to Seattle. You thought he yeah, deserved that's thirty million like, a year. Big Seahawks guy. That's what I figured. I thought you were a big Seahawks guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Steeler guy, but I do root for Russ in the Seahawks now because I just I like the way he I plays. Like his game. Like, he he just has something, but he backs it up the way he plays too. Um, all right, so offensive player of the year, which for the for the listeners at home, it doesn't always necessarily mean it's the MVP. You can have an MVP be different from the offensive player of the year. It's the so, running back that they give it to that they don't want to give the MVP to. <laughs> so, Kendall, you, you're up first. Offensive player of the year. It could be the MVP as well if you wanted, but it can be someone different. Honestly, I think down in Tampa Bay, they're going to do numbers. I think Brady will get it. I think Brady – I think they're going to, like, do something crazy. I feel like they're going to, like, win a lot of games just for some reason because he just – he'll find a way to win with anybody. Like, he just has that – he has that edge that he just will figure any way how to win a game, how to win. And I feel like they're going to give it to him. Just, like, off the respect of him getting new systems and switching teams. I think Tom will get it. Mm, good pick. That to me, what you just said, the last part about switching teams is the reason why I didn't pick him. Cause I think there's gonna be a learning curve going to a new system with no offseason like they usually have, but he could do it. Um I think there's gonna be co-offensive players. I think it's gonna be Mahomes and Kamara, because I think Russ is gonna win the MVP, but Mahomes is still gonna have a monster year. I think yeah. Kamara is gonna have a monster year. He's healthy, they're all in. Uh, they're going to have a lot of shootouts within the division. So I think he gets all the work they can handle. So I like those two. I'm going to show some love to the receivers. Michael Thomas, come on down to accept your Offensive Player of the Year award. Yeah, Mike, yeah, Mike I can agree with that. He's always been – he's been consistently putting them numbers for a couple of seasons, yeah, for sure. Consistently getting them targets too. Yeah, he is. <laughs> if he I thought doesn't... him and Devontae Parker were beefing on Twitter. Oh, yeah, numbers and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, Devontae, Devontae got as many targets as he has. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can't compare his career to Michael Thomas because they don't. Like, as far as quarterback situations, like, uh, but Drew this Brees is, versus whoever he it, has. I agree, I agree, but this is, where it comes, this is where it comes back to the Beckham-Nick Chubb thing. If you just have two players out there, Kendall and JT, and someone says, hey, who are you picking up on your – Backyard football game at receiver, Michael Thomas or Devontae Parker, and you're the QB. Like Michael Thomas. Michael okay, Thomas. there you he's go. Like there you Thomas. go. <laughs> but you don't know what Devontae can do because he's had that same person the whole but, time. Yeah, but you're yeah, not Josh picking Rosen. him. You're not picking him based off the skill and talent, though, right? You're taking Thomas because you know Thomas. Yeah, because he can prove skill. it. Because you've seen it. Yeah, you've seen it. You like with Devontae, it's more of like a what if type of situation. I don't know. I still think it comes down to skill set, and we're taking Michael Thomas. So we're on the playground. You picking Jadavion or JJ Watt? Oh, Jadavion on the playground for sure. Jadavion. He's just going to run right around the nah, quarterback. I say, but the thing about it, you know, that's kind of hard because with Jadavion, he can play D line and he can play linebacker. But with Watt, he can play every position on the D line. So it would be kind of hard. Even more reason he should get paid more. 
Yeah, you can't play linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got to get Jadavion on the show, JT. Make it happen. We, this would be a great. Talk. This would be great beefing between the two of them. As long as it's virtual, because you know <laughs> he might not like what I got to say in, in person. <laughs> yeah, now JT's scared, huh? Now nah, he's nah, scared. Nah, we could do it face to face. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got press credentials. <laughs> All right, speaking of defensive, speaking of defensive guys, Kendall, defensive player of the year. I know what he's going to do. Uh, Kalias Campbell, Ravens. Whoa, okay. I don't know yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, he's a dog. <laughs> I like how he's going to play. I really think he's going to have a lot of success in that D-line, especially with uh, Smith playing that defensive end. But a lot of people don't realize how big he really is. Like, people talk about it, but that dude, he's like, Six nine, like big dude, big wide. Like I'm saying, he can like two gap, like literally take up two gaps at the same time. That's crazy. I feel like that's like the perfect chemistry they need. The Ravens, like from the U. I'll tie, I'll tie this back in later on in the show, but yeah. Ooh, and they got okay. that, big, that big run stopper Williams. He healthy in that middle. That's gonna free him up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's just so much. I like that pick. Um, I'm going with a guy that Donato. I've been pounding the table for for I feel like two years now he still gets no respect no notoriety and people just keep passing right by him I'm going with Chandler Jones I'm gonna say it until he gets it I think hey, this year because look he quietly passed what five years 72 and a half sacks he had 19 last year I've been saying that he's too underrated I think this he year he breaks Michael Strahan's single sa- single season sack record and he gets the NFL defensive player of the year yeah, I think he has been kind of overshadowed, like with like Von Miller and Edge Rushes, like that. I feel like they kind of like took in the, they kind of like took in the dime because their team was better than the Cardinals. You know what I'm saying? Like Von won the Super Bowl and all that. So, but he's been out there see, destroying people. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, Chandler's like he's really but good. But that's that's why he won't win it. That's why he won't win it. He, and that's, that's why. what I'm saying. He if he breaks Strahan's single season record, he he was close. He had 19 last year. All he got to do is get to 23. I think he can do it. Oh, that, he's that's 17. It. Oh, that's all. That's a force. That's a four sack jump. But, but here's why. Here's why. Here's why. I think their defense will be better. People can't key on him. I think they'll be in more games, so he'll be he'll be able to play longer. And I think also too. There's no off season, so I, I think uh, it's going to take time before some you know blocking comes together in this top notch. So he can get out to a hard start. He's going to get double digit sacks, unlike some people. So I know he's going to be good for it. Uh, listen, Jadavion Clowney, if you're listening, JT would like to have a sit down with you. Um, <laughs> I I I'll just moderate that. Um, but JT, but that's the thing, like for him to make that 19 to 23 sack jump, and Kendall, correct me if I'm wrong. That four sacks, that's huge. I'm he's already at 19. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm, that's my prediction. I think he's okay. going to win. I, I respect that. Okay. I, re- saying, I, re- I think his team needs to be better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They need to go play more games for that. I think, they will, I think the team will be better. They got a good defense. Buda Baker, they got Isaiah Simmons. I think they got good talent that's coming up. So, I think he's going to be freed up to do a lot more. Okay, I, yeah. I can I'll, I'll, I can respect. Yeah, if they that. play if, more games, I could easily see him getting twenty three. If they play more games, I could see him like them playing in the playoffs. I could see them easily twenty three. I'm I'm gonna go. It's it. I'm gonna go with the defensive lineman. Um, part of a great dynamic duo because that's what JT obviously loves. I'm gonna go 
Watt, TJ Watt of the Steelers. He's got the fourth best odds according to Vegas. So I'm going to, I like those odds. I'll take TJ Watt. He's going to be on a playoff team. He's going to get his sacks. And since get that money too, since exactly, yeah. yep, Steelers are going to have to pay they up. Pay him. They got to yeah, pay gotta up. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he plays opposite Bud Dupree and double digit sacks. Yeah. Not all the time. He did not always get double digit sacks at one you point. Get now. But guess what? Patience <laughs> yeah. pays off. And that's what happens. You pay for what you project the guy to do, not what he did last year. All right. I like those picks. I, I'm surprised nobody picked Aaron Donald, but maybe he'll just make us look bad and he'll just win it. Yeah, easy. I mean, like, I'm, I thought that was kind of like an obvious pick. That's but the I easy like, pick. You can only give it so many times. You know what I'm saying? You can only give it away so many times. Yep. I've been watching Hard Dots. He will. He go get it again. <laughs> Kendall's you never count him out. Kendall's right though, because it's like the LeBron James effect. He could win it. He could win MVP every year, really. But they're not giving it to him anymore. You know. So. Yeah, like, he can be like the best defensive player, but you know what I'm saying. They had to spread it out a little bit. They can't. Because like, that's a monopoly, man. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so let's go to everybody's Super Bowl predictions. This is what people want to know. So, Kendall, give me your two teams squaring off, and who's the winner? I have the Ravens and the Bucks. Ooh, okay. He's all right, Brady. Yeah, I say like, I say case. I feel like Lamar gets everything with the Ravens rolling in the way that they will beat KC and get to the Super Bowl. But I think that it's going to be a showdown between those two teams. And I think that it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be, like, really close. Like, it's going to come within one or two touchdowns. But I think the Ravens, like, Lamar, like, he just brings that – he just brings that edge, like, with his elusiveness. elusiveness, That's just a whole nother, like – you know what I'm saying? You can't – you can't game plan for that. You know what I'm saying? You can, like, watch film and say, okay, we're going to spy him. We're going to do this with a linebacker. But – like, an open field linebacker is not going to open field tackle him. Like, nobody's really going to open field. You know what I'm saying? So, it's really hard so that's to was, take yeah. against him. And I think that he's starting to, like, last year he took that year, you know what I'm saying, to be like, okay, I'm good. This is what works. This is what doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? He got over his little, um, you know what I'm saying, his success from last year. And I feel like he's going to build from there because he's really striving to get a Super Bowl ring. So, I think Lamar – I think Lamar and the Ravens. I think it's time for them to win again. So I think he will. Because he definitely has a team. He definitely has a defense for it now. You know what I'm saying? Who you got winning that game? Uh, I have the Ravens beating the Bucks. Like the Ravens, yeah. Like yeah. Like. The Bucks, you know what I'm saying? But the, it's, that's why I say it's going to come down really close. Because, like, with the Bucks, you have so many weapons. You know, it will be hard. The Ravens defense, you know what I'm saying? I said they're good, but that's a lot. They got, they're going to be spread out so much. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be real difficult for them to, you know what I'm saying, make a really big dent on the Ravens. Can I can I skip you, Donato, and I go next? Because sure. I promise, for anybody who's listening, we never compare notes. I have the exact same Super Bowl, Ravens and Bucks. What? And, wow. and I, think, wow. I, think, I think it's the Ravens that win. It's because if there's one thing that's always been a thorn in Tom Brady's side, it's the Ravens defense. So yep. I, think they, I think they get it. They get them. I think it could be to me. I'm not saying it's going to be as bad, but it could be like that Super Bowl where the the Broncos went in and played Legion of Boom, and everybody thought the Broncos were just rolling, and then they just got smacked in the match. Right. It was never the same. Yeah, blown out. Yeah, yeah. I, so Ravens over the Bucks. That's my Super Bowl prediction. Wow, 
JT has the NFL experts prediction. Wow. I'm scared now. I feel like I got to fall in line here. He going to pick the Cleveland Browns. (laughs) No, I learned my lesson from last year, even though I got him in the playoffs again. I don't know if you guys noticed this. I didn't even pick the Bucs to make the playoffs. I don't know. I know. I I was going to ask you about that. I, 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 I feel like, again, a lot of that hype, they're in a very difficult division. Even the Panthers always seem to win a game or two, no matter how good or bad they are. So I think they're in a tough division. Brady's going to finally realize what it's like to play six difficult division playoff games in a year or division, division games, not division playoff games, division games in a year. And that takes Will he though? Toll. Because you, I agree that that division is tough, but the defenses aren't tough. They got one good defense, the Saints. Now you got to play them twice, but twice. That, that's but like the, that's equivalent to playing the Bills defense twice. They're on the same level. But it's not just so much the defense; it's overall, right? Falcons are a good team. They're not a walk on offense. Brady not going to have to worry. <laughs> if anything, that's better for him because he's going to put up more stats. But no, he got to be on the field throwing the ball. But more. what I'm saying is, most of the time in the AFC East, I don't care about defense or offense. They're winning. I'm they're saying, winning the games. Yeah, yeah they're, they're going yeah. five and one, six and zero oh in the division. You do that, you're guaranteed in the playoffs. Yeah. Here you go two and four, three and three in your division. Guess what now? If you're three and three, you exactly you've got ten games in your three and three. Like all right, so so Brady's done. Who you got? I've got Chiefs, Seahawks, Seahawks, and Russell. Bring it home. All right, I thought you were going for real. (laughs) You thought what? I I know that this is this is all in on Russ year. I get you. This is the year. This is the year. Chiefs go back. They have all. They got everything rolling for them. But the difference is fourth quarter. Russ is going to make plays, whereas Jimmy G was not able to last year. You know, I like the Chiefs, and I wanted to pick them for the Super Bowl, but I'm going to use your same argument against you. You know what scares me about the division is? I think the offenses are all going to be better, and the Chiefs' defense is really going to have to play all of those division games. They're a top three defense. Don't worry about it. They got (laughs) it. According to you. They better better be the 85 Bears then. Yeah, that's what I said. Shoot. On the wear and tear on those boys. Gonna be a lot. Yeah, that division's gonna be improved. And I didn't like how easy of a road I thought the Chiefs had last year because they ended up getting the Texans, which I thought Buffalo would have been the more difficult team, I think. They almost blew that too. And and then they didn't have to play the Ravens and they got the Titans. So you're you're right there. That worries me a little bit about the Chiefs, but I'm still gonna go Chiefs. Can't go against Mahomes. So all right, down to the to the end here. Two minute warning, Kendall. This is why everyone is listening. We want to know. We want the fans to get to know a little bit more about you. All right. All right. Um, because we hope you would like to come back on the show um, at some point. Plus, you've got to now because we've got to all make fun of ourselves for how good or bad the predictions are. Uh, so, so we'll have you back for sure at the minimum at the end of the year maybe hopefully during the year. Um, so this is the first question. I know JT really loves asking this one. What was it like getting ready for the draft in whatever aspect, you know, whether it's the pro day or the day of the draft, just whatever that may have been? Um, it was just like, there's no experience really like that. Like from me training in Fort Lauderdale for the weeks leading up to pro day, to me, I'm saying back home with my family, waiting to see if I get a call or whatnot or what to do. 
it's just like a unique experience, man. Like, but training, getting to meet people from different schools, you know what I'm saying? Like I had guys training with me from South Florida, from Notre Dame, from Northwestern, like from everywhere, you know what I'm saying? So it was really cool like throughout that whole process. But as far as like the draft, like just that whole process of talking with my agent, like getting in contact with teams and seeing what teams, it was really nerve wracking, you know what I'm saying? I was nervous, but I knew coming out, when I was in Cincinnati, I don't know if you really know this, but I only started my senior year and I only played nine games. So I had a feeling I was like, I probably wouldn't get drafted unless it was like really late in the draft. So I was kind of just like chilling, like the first three rounds, like the first uh, two days of the draft, I was really just like at home, I'd be working out, like playing the fitness, <laughs> watching the draft <laughs> on TV, seeing all my boys getting picked up and stuff. It was cool. So you know, I just figured out that that last day was going to be, like, my day to shine, you know, to see where I was going to land. Was it a little nerve-wracking that last day? Yeah, it was because with my draft, like, offensive tackles, like, it was a bad year for offensive tackles because it was supposed to be, like, a really good year, but something happened and GMs decided, like, there were other priorities. But I figured – I can you can always tell but see how many tackles are taken like in the first three rounds. Like if it's not that many taken, like everybody's stock basically gets pushed back like two rounds. So if you projected like a fourth round and then I drafting as many. Yeah, so if you project in the fourth round and not drafting as many, like you can get pushed back to like the sixth or seventh, you know. So it's gotcha. just did did you have um any interviews with teams prior to the draft? Yes, I interviewed with like Cowboys. I interviewed with the Texans. I had a workout wow. with the Washington football team before then. Yeah, so, even before I draft, even before the draft and all that. Yeah. Okay. So without without naming a team, do you recall what the craziest question was that they asked? Because we hear all sorts of crazy questions that NFL team and JT hates when they do that. Like, crazy questions as far as, like... Yeah, as far as, what do you just think? What, maybe the weirdest question, like... Uh, the, what's, weird, the weird what, questions, you know, like... I don't know. Some of the questions are so inappropriate. Like, they ask, like, the yeah, was there, it, questions. That's a, that's a good word, JT. Was there an inappropriate question where you kind of, like, raised your eyebrow and was like, is this a trick question? I never had any, like, what, like, like, raised, like... You know what I'm saying? Inappropriate questions. Okay. But like when I was when I first signed with the Texans, when I came out of the draft, like I sat with their GM and he told me, he said like he heard that I had like my character issues were questionable, which is like crazy to me. Cause I've never wow. ever been in trouble, never like failed a drug test, none of that, never been late to a team meeting. Like that's probably the only thing like throughout their process that kind of gave me like I kind of raised my eyebrow on that. So gotcha. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, maybe that was a test question to see how you would react. I, I don't know. That's 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 odd. Because um, knowing you, I, I you know can't yeah. imagine the character. Yeah, quite, yeah, yeah. What, what sort of character <laughs> issues? That's that's interesting. Um, it, this is one I always like to ask. Um, what was the most difficult college road game you played in and why? Maybe it's just the, a stadium, or if there's a specific game you remember. Um, which one was it? Um, my senior year when we played Michigan, <clears throat> like in the big house, it was like their home opener. So it was 110,000 people there. So it's 
<laughs> playing on ABC, noon game, <laughs> primetime, like, it was insane. Like, I couldn't hear, like, my guard that was beside me. Like, I couldn't hear what he was saying. We doing, like, the <clears throat> the the snapping without the other's cadence. So, we were doing those. And Did, it was, you know what I'm saying? It was fun, you know what I'm saying? Being around, like, that many people and me coming from, I'm saying, I was playing the junior college, like, two years ago with, like, a thousand people in the stands. So, it was just, like, it was crazy to me. <laughs> like... Yeah, basically playing the high school stadiums and stuff to me playing in front of like 110,000. It was crazy. Did, did you have a false start that day? No. Wow, no. that's Actually, impressive. I've, in my whole career of playing, I've probably jumped outside probably twice. And I jumped outside my senior year. We were playing UCF, and I, uh, I was in my stance. And the quarterback was taking a long time. And I was starting <laughs> to rock back, and I just stood up. I was like, <laughs> always blaming the quarterback, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I've never done it before, so I mean, snap the damn you. ball. Hayden, I'm not blaming you, bro. I'm just saying <laughs> it happens sometimes. <laughs> it happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that, for sure. That that's impressive, though. Not not yeah. causing a false start. Not having a false start at at Michigan. Um, and only having two in your career. All right. Um, and then, okay, so last question. We ask all of our guests this question. What is, if you can tell us on air, uh, what is the craziest or your favorite football story in your career at any level? Maybe maybe it was high school, college, pros, any level. I have, like, a few. But, tell like, them, tell them. Tell us my, all <laughs> My, like, okay, well, my first one, like, my kind of, like, welcome to the NFL moment was kind of, like, when I was in Atlanta. We had, like, a team scrimmage. It was, like, offense versus defense or whatever. And it was, like, midway through the scrimmage, and I was, like, dead tired. I just remember just, like, being in the huddle my head down. And I, like, look up, and and I'm just, like, looking around the huddle, and, like, Matt Ryan's to my left, and, like, Julio Jones is beside me. I'm, like, damn, I'm really in the NFL right now. I'm like, dang, man, I'm really here. Like, we're really out here playing with these guys I play Madden with. <laughs> <laughs> but another story, like, when I first got to um, the Washington uh, football team, I uh, actually, me and Adrian Peterson, we signed, like, a week between each other. So I spent a lot of time with him, like, going over plays and, like, doing things, like, during practice and stuff like that. But he – um. First time, like, Anthony Peterson used to be, like, my favorite running back, like, growing up. Like, when I used to play, like, Madden, like, 2010, like, we used to always – I used to always get the Vikings just run with Adrian Peterson, like, all the time. Like, that was my favorite running back, like, all the time, like, Adrian Peterson is. And I was so excited to meet him. And my first time meeting him, he was down my feet. He said, boy, your feet long as hell. Because <laughs> I wear a size 18. And he was just like, man, your feet look like subway subs. <laughs> he was just going on my feet. And I was like, damn, I waited so long to meet this dude. And he just talked about my feet the first time. <laughs> uh, I love that. That is that is hilarious. <laughs> crazy. He's a really nice guy, though, man. Yeah. Awesome. I just had, like, other stories. I had one when I was in Houston. Uh, the first day, the rookies were in there with the vets. The rookies sat down first, and the vets came in the meeting room, and some of the veteran O-linemen told me to sit in this seat. And I was like, all right, why? It was away from, like, all the other linemen and stuff, so I sat up in there. And, like, the meeting, and people started coming in, and I was just chilling in the meeting room. I feel this shadow come over me. 
and I hear, hey, Rook, you in my seat. And I turn around to J.J. Watt. How <laughs> <laughs> they made me sit in his seat, and he was pissed off. It was really – it was just crazy. They all, Everybody busted out laughing. Like, the O-line coach was laughing, everybody. But, yeah. <laughs> It's crazy, man. That's that's wow. good stuff. Good, good stuff. I'm I'm guessing you didn't respond to JJ Watt. You got out of the oh, seat. No, huh? I just got out the way. <laughs> I got out the way. I got out the way. All the way out the way. If it was clowny, he would have stayed. <laughs> clowny was in... a cool dude. Who, like they, he jokes a lot. Like I like clowny. He's cool. He's cool. Oh, he's like he's like a good guy. I like him. Yeah, I just good. get out of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know th- those are great stories kendall um as well as the rest of the show thank you so much for coming on we truly enjoyed um having you on like i said we hope you enjoyed it that you're willing to come back we definitely got to do a review show so you got to at least promise us that um do you want to give a um let the listeners know how they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to let them know before we, we leave. Oh yeah, for sure. Follow me on Instagram at King Ken. It's K I N G G underscore K E N. And my Twitter is your boy, Kenny Ken spelled Y A B O I K E N N Y K E N. And yes, appreciate y'all for having me, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Definitely Great. Had some, definitely had some good laughs, some good debates on here. So yes. enjoy it. Yes, we enjoyed it as well. Thank you again so much. Couldn't have done it without you. Um, JT, awesome job as always. And to the listeners out there, thank you as always for listening to us. And please remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio app and wherever else you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And remember, you can follow us on social media, our handle at JT and the Don, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So JT, until the next episode, see ya. Peace.